So welcome to uh, Media Boys Jr. It's going to be a shorter version of our normal episode to less people. And today I'm joined by who? Uh, this is Ryan. Yeah, Ryan um, from uh, Movies of the Spine. And also you were on our Justice League episode. So yeah. So welcome. Yeah. Welcome to this Media Boys Jr. And today we're talking about um, something me and you have talked about quite a bit. Uh, I've realized is the works of Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we. I think you and I have a very kindred ship to uh, very sleazy type of movies. <laughs> I so, agree. Yeah. So, uh, it. I mean, if you want the animated version of those type of movies, I mean, this is your guy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember your like first introduction to him, but my first introduction was being in like high school freshman year and looking up most controversial movies of all time and Fritz the cat appearing constantly. And I was like, I guess I'm watching Fritz the cat <laughs> and uh, <laughs> high school me could not stand Fritz the cat. Um, and, but I, much like all of his works, I was always interested in it and I still continue to be interested by all of his stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so my first intro was actually during the height of the Lord of the Rings like mania that was going on. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I watched The Hobbit, like the original Hobbit animated movie. And then like, I think it was before Lord of the Rings came out. Mm -hmm. My brother and I actually watched the animated Lord of the Rings that he did. Nice. And I didn't mean that that time I didn't know who Ralph Bakshi was. And so I didn't even realize that was my first exposure to him. And then years down the road, I also saw highly controversial, something like that. It was like Fritz the cat. And yeah. I'm like, I'd, so I watched Fritz the cat and I'm like, Oh, well, let me see what this other guy did. Let me see what other movies he did. And then it was like Lord of the Rings. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's insane. I think this guy in the span of, uh, 11 years made 10 movies 10 or 9 movies like he was just pumping out animated movie after animated movie which is mm -hmm. insane to me because animated movies do not usually have that kind of turnaround time no and you could definitely see like there's a very common theme <laughs> in a lot of them and mm -hmm. it's it is pretty I mean you know you think you know directors of having these really long like historic careers but I mean I mean, he has. I mean, he's had a very mm -hmm. long career, but in terms of directing, not so much. It's no. been kind of like he burned really bright, like during the 70s, and then the 80s was kind of fallen, and then by the 90s, it was just like, oh, let's let me just pump out a couple more. Uh huh. And then it's almost like I'm retired. I can't. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but I guess to start everything off with, we'll start with his first feature film. And that's 1972's Fritz the Cat. How do you feel about Fritz the Cat? Oh, I, 
So when I first watched it, I was not a fan at all. I mean, it was just kind of like, just to give you like an idea of like what his movies are like, they're very, plot is very thin, very, very thin. I mean, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, you get these long like sections of these characters just rambling about nonsense, just like stuff that's not even going on within the scene. And they just, they kind of string along from scene to scene, but I can definitely say though, like as years have gone by, I've watched it multiple more times and mm-hmm. I've, I've, I appreciate it. Yeah. I made a very similar experience. <laughs> um, I first viewing, I didn't really like it. I guess I never seen movies quite like this. Like you're right. It's very, it's very scatterbrained almost like plot, like one plot idea doesn't really mesh into another one. It'll just jump to a different idea and it's, very sleazy feels very cheap um it's yeah. crazy well fritz the cap is one of fritz the cat is one of his more expensive feeling ones i'd say it's a little more fluid with its animation um but it definitely has like the sleaze the very horniness to it um and watching it when i was young was very just off-putting but now i think it's a very interesting watch it has a lot to say i've realized more than i, I thought it did <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's just like, you, like I guess like the message was kind of lost on me at first, but like mm-hmm. the more times you watch it, you can definitely see it's like, he was trying to go for like, let me, like there, there's two sides of the coin. Like, let me go like to the East Coast, like in New York, where it's this mm-hmm. very like racial, like prejudice going on. It's just like this very us versus them type of mentality with black and white people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then on the other side, it was on the West Coast, just very countercultural radicalism, like mm-hmm. take down the government type of stuff. I mean, it's a lot to say in a very short movie, but mm-hmm. I can you'll never be bored by it. I can definitely say that. I don't think so because it's constantly saying something and trying something different. And the caricatures are a lot of fun. Of course, it's very on the nose. Cops Mm -hmm. are pigs and (laughs) (laughs) just stuff like that. And it's all animals. I guess that's one of the big things. I think this is the only time he does something. No, it's not. No, I'm wrong. No, But, um, but it's definitely like interesting with, um, I guess it could now, I think, be very problematic. If it wasn't from its time, I think now it's definitely like, there's some things like black people are are crows in the movie and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, you could make this one today, but I mean, I would, this is in terms of his adult theme type of movies, I would Mm -hmm. say this is one of the more, tame ones i i would agree for the next couple that are coming up after this one this is actually kind of tame that's not i mean that's it's still very raunchy and like it's very not kid friendly work safe whatever but i would i definitely would say this is in terms of offensiveness is very this is low on compared to the other ones yeah but um and I, I do think it has some of its off-putting elements. Uh, one thing I love about Bakshi's work, and he never really gets away from this, is his use of audio, where he just records mm. people like on the street. And it just, the audio is not really perfect, but I think that's interesting. It never takes me out personally. I, I love hearing it. I love hearing yeah. like the literally, like it feels like just someone off the street. But for a first-time watcher, I feel like it's uh, off-putting. It is, but that's, that's one of the things I appreciated more also. I just, I was mm-hmm. like, 
because you once you realize that no these are real people this is them having a real conversation because he mm -hmm. would go into these bars or he'd walk up to people and actually with a recorder and like record this audio and just like i want to put this in my movie so mm -hmm. and it's and it's animated and you know the, the stuff that was going on in this uh, not really seen in animation and you know what fritz the cat was a huge hit huge hit at the and, time um, um what one thing i always love to read though so for anyone mm -hmm. that does know, Fritz the Cat is based off of a famous uh, comic character that's mm -hmm. created by Robert Crumb, who apparently hated this movie so much mm -hmm. that he killed off Fritz the Cat. <laughs> yeah. Because he, I saw the, I read it, he was like, Fritz was acting like a, this like big shot movie actor now after mm -hmm. being in this movie. And like Robert Crumb was just like, I'm just going to kill him off so nobody ever makes another movie about him. And they, he kills him. him off. Jokes on him. They did make <laughs> another movie just without Ralph Bakshi, which was very bad. It's not worth watching. Yeah, I have not seen it, and I, I have I have no interest in it really. Um, maybe one day, but uh, Robert Crumb. I, I love this story. Is also he had to watch it later on when he talked at a college, and he said he hated every moment sitting there watching it, and that he was just embarrassed the whole time poor guy <laughs> but that guy is a whole different thing have you just on on the side have you seen the documentary crumb yes Great so it, that he's definitely not the most uh he's not the most uh, not the most uh, level person so mm -hmm. <laughs> i would yeah he he definitely has his own very different opinions from like the normalcy but anyway For sure. uh, um, so i what? guess we could move on to the next one mm -hmm. right which yeah. was from 1973's movie Heavy Traffic. Yeah, heavy Traffic. And this would be, I think they said this is like sort of like semi-autobiographical. That's what I was kind of, reading about. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's kind of like this guy that wants to, he, he meets a female prostitute and they become, it, she's a prostitute, right? Or it's, she, I, yeah, she works at a me. bar in the beginning but then she becomes a prostitute. That, yeah, that's right. Okay. Anyway, what did what did you think of Heavy Traffic? Because you watched so, it more recently than I did. I, I watched it for the first time yesterday, and I, I really liked it. Uh, out of all of his works, I think this is my favorite out of his chaotic canon, out of his, like, you know, very offensive in your face kind of yeah. uh, messy animation style. I, I just think this one just works the best. I really like the mixing of live action and animation. Um, it's, it's the animation style is so in your face. Like there's a whole bar scene where the front, like the front is animated, the whole bar, but in the background, there's just like clips of naked women dancing. And it's, it's just so interesting. I still have not seen many movies quite like that. Um, same deal with the story though, a little scattershot. It kind of flows from one idea to the next, but you still have a solid central character. And it's definitely Bakshi because it's an underground artist, someone that wants to work in um, underground comics. And he meets this woman and basically becomes her pimp to make money. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but it's really cool. I do remember it going really off the rails, like towards yeah. the end. And it was like, you're going to have to refresh my memory because mm -hmm. that, it's been probably five years or more since I've seen it. And like, doesn't mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, like his dad is like, involved with the mafia <laughs> yeah yeah and you got like, it right yeah and i don't know if he is he's is he actually a member or is he because i think he just like work as like as a 
like as a dock worker or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's like a dock worker and he wants to be a, become a part of the mafia. Um, and to be honest with you, that plot line is so weird that I wasn't fully getting it while watching it. Um, but from what I could tell was the mobster, the head, um, the Don, he really hates black people. So he thought he could get in favor with this mob boss because his son, is, he, he believes is dating a black person. He sets a hit on to kill that black person. And there's like a whole thing with that. I thought he put the hit out on his own son, though. Is that what it is? Does he? Oh, that's right, because he's dating the black person. He's 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 kills oh, yeah, his, he he puts a hit on his son for, and he puts it on like a, a man, um, uh, a disabled man who doesn't have any legs. That's right. He's rolling around he, on the little yeah, cart. <laughs> he's called Shorty, isn't he? Or yeah, I Shorty. Think, yeah, yeah. You got yeah. it right. <laughs> so yeah, it, he's on a little skateboard and he fucking blows his head off at the end of the movie <laughs> and it, it's insane like um some of the most one of the most violent things i've seen in his movies like the this brains is, are out yeah this is i think this is his most violent movie really because mm-hmm. i mean there's there's the scene where like there's a scene at, at one point where like the, his friends were making fun of him for being a virgin and like he tries to like so like oh we have this naked woman up here for you to have sex with and yeah at one point the woman falls off the building and just dies a horrific death. And then the guys are just like laughing and like stabbing each other. Yeah, it, That part <laughs> made, that had me laughing. Cause it's so bizarre. Exactly. He pushes a woman off the roof and he's, she's, he goes, she had it coming. And then the whole gang is laughing and they're beating the crap out of each other with chains and stabbing each other while laughing. It is so bizarre, but I, I love every I, moment of it. I did. This is one of those, yeah, so this is kind of like in the same category as Fritz. I think I like Fritz a little more, but yeah. this is one of those where I definitely, it needs repeat viewings. Oh, for sure. Because I, I just, it, it, there's so much stuff that you miss. I mean, like, even, like, there'll be, like, scenes where, like, they, like, instead of painting on the background, they'll just use, like, a photograph, and it's just like, that's the background. Or, yeah, so. and it's so cool. Like, uh, there's driving scenes in this where it's, like, it's like how you would see in another movie where it's green screen, the streets are moving, but it's in an animated car and it looks, it looks so wild. It, it's cool. Yeah. It, I think it's a really great, I yeah. think this would be a really cool introduction to Bakshi. I, I think if, I think this movie is probably like, if you're like, who is Ralph Bakshi? I think this is the one you'd like, okay, if you want to know what he's really like, you gotta watch this one. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about this movie mm-hmm. is there's the scene too where I'm remembering where he so he's into making his own comics and then there's one scene where he's actually pitching one of his comics so he's like oh well let me tell you about it and it's yeah. this insane like story where it's like this beautiful woman and at the end of the movie like God literally has sex with the woman he's just like she's so beautiful i gotta have sex with yeah. her like, well then he has baby jesus with this woman and jesus kills god at the end of it it is oh that's right yeah it is uh it's something and he's pitching this this old man and all i can think of is it's definitely walt disney is what they're going for and then walt disney pretty much just dies because he hears like the this horror like this story that's so messed up it's good stuff. I don't know. Walt Disney might have been okay with it. You think so? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Even like, <"All> right. <laughs> Let's do it. 
We'll release it. We'll we'll put it on Miramax. There, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. we'll just cut it up though. We'll cut. We'll, we'll make sure it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really uh, definitely an interesting movie for sure. And then uh, next up, I think is um, what many would consider probably his most controversial film. Mm. Definitely in name, and the name of the movie is Coonskin. Uh, that nineteen seventy five. It is be honest i don't even know how to like i don't even really know how to like describe this one like with like effectively <laughs> i don't either it's actually been a little bit since i've seen it so it's a little um it's a little wishy-washy in my head um the main thing i remember is that there is a naked woman dressed up in the american flag and she goes around killing black people and that yeah. is like one of the running things in this movie and that's and kind that's, of that's already what the movie is about right there <laughs> i mean and that's not even like the central plot to it's the not. movie i mean i mean the whole central plot i mean it's uh the movie starts with these two black prisoners and they're on the run and it's barry white and scatman carruthers i believe mm-hmm. and they uh and they start telling like these little fables to each other so it's this is his I think this Ralph Bakshi, this is kind of like his response, like, oh, I want to make an animated black exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like these um fables from like uh from black people from like from like way down south and he's just kind of applying it to like this urban setting because these these very southern stories like during slave times and now he's kind of say like oh what if these were going on during this uh, urban type of setting so mm-hmm. it's very uh very controversial just because there's a lot a lot of black stereotypes like just yeah. very very exaggerated characters like big mm-hmm. lip big red lips very like jet black skin so yeah. and in case you don't i'm figured out ralph actually is a white man <laughs> yeah so. and he's making this story um and i i do say I do think he he underlying message in this movie he does have something that he wants to say and is overall a good message but I I do think it's definitely understandable if you're like a white man is making all these caricatures in a movie that's you know it's definitely I mean you know I I can't and I can't really speak for a bunch of different people but it's just it's kind of like it's it for me it's kind of like I get it it's really well intentioned like you're trying Mm -hmm. to like, because, you know, the, the black characters in this movie are portrayed as the heroes or the main characters and that they're very, and they're trying to, you know, like the white people are, you know, the villains and the police and all that mm-hmm. are very corrupt. But at the same time, it's kind of like you have all these exaggerated characters and it's like, are you helping or are you perpetuating these yeah. stereotypes? And, and I think that's what the big talk behind this movie and the controversy was, is like, well, exactly i don't need to repeat what you said it's exactly what you said yeah Yeah. so i personally as a movie i mean it's one of his more weaker ones in my opinion even Mm -hmm. as like a even as like a story is told but there are some definitely insane elements to it um Mm -hmm. i mean i really dig uh scatman carruthers i really like him a lot so (laughs) love seeing him in um, anything yeah, and yeah, yeah, Barry White, who's an incredible singer. So <laughs> they all he did pick, he did pick out some really good actors to put in this movie, and I there are some memorable moments, but honestly, like 
besides one or two moments I can think of on off my hand, I, it's it's pretty forgettable. Yep, yep, and that's what I'm realizing right now because I have a lot that I just kind of forgot about this. Um, but next up is one that you saw for the first time the other day. Yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, it was uh, Wizards from 1977. Um, this is kind of like his first sci-fi movie and this is his first like it's semi kid friendly it's not really though yeah (laughs) (laughs) kind of it's as close as ralph bakshi can kind of get i guess right yeah yeah so it's uh, yeah so basically it's about this race of fairies and elves are kind of teaming up to take on it's kind of like science versus magic yeah it's like um, I liked it. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I like a lot of the visuals were great. I thought the char- some of the characters are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty cool that Mark Hamill was actually in that movie too. Yeah. And what, didn't this movie come out like a couple weeks before Star Wars came out? It, it did. And supposedly Ralph Bakshi and George Lucas were like friends before this. And so mm-hmm. much so that like George Lucas let Mark Hamill record a voice. But, uh-huh. and, um, but okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, and uh, there's the fun story. This movie was originally called War Wizards. And George Lucas asked him, hey, can you take war out of the name? Because I'm making Star Wars. <laughs> so that's why it's Wizards. <laughs> and it's supposedly this movie came out like a couple of weeks, like after Wizards. So it. Pretty, yeah. like star wars pretty much just like overshadow it and like killed their yep. friendship yeah that makes sense <laughs> um but i really loved the the uh character design of uh necron 99 i thought that mm-hmm. he was a really cool character although they kind of ruined him by calling him peace yeah. throughout the whole movie and they're just yeah. like oh he's friendly now yeah. uh but I it's agree. it's still a pretty violent movie i mean just like, uh, mm-hmm. like people are just get their chest, you know, like explodes, like when their bullet hits them or like people get stabbed. So, I mean, it's still not really a kid friendly movie, but I, it's not, it's not the most exciting, but I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Same deal. Um, I, I didn't love it. I, I didn't come out of loving it, but I appreciate elements like the character design, um, and the and the ending is not kid friendly to me. I thought it was so intense. Like I thought it was really cool. I, I think that's what's the coolest thing is is like, oh, it's like a post apocalyptic world. They find this Nazi like stuff and then they use it and basically become evil superpowers because they have this propaganda. And, and go ahead. Uh, sorry. It, the the whole and the whole point of the movie was like, you know technology is kind of taking over magic and like magic was kind of being, being downplayed and then at the end of the movie the the wizard character avatar just pulls out a gun and just shoots the main main bad guy and just like yeah, yeah there there you go yeah <laughs> it's something and it's like and then that makes up for like it's like a really short movie right like i remember it being like over it's like 80 there. minutes yeah i mean all these movies are short but that one i remember being over like that which i can yeah. appreciate yeah, it definitely doesn't overstay its welcome. No. Um, and I know this one's a big favorite of a lot of people. I know that this is one that a, a lot of people are very nostalgic for, mm-hmm. I find. Um, I don't know. I see people liking this one quite a bit. I actually I saw it on the shelf at Best Buy not that long ago, and I think that's surprising. 
Oh, oh, wizards you're talking about still. Oh, wizards, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I you, I no, yeah, I, yeah, I, there is like a, like, so my brother mm-hmm. actually like, like he uses the username Necron99 and like nice. a lot of stuff <laughs> and I'm like, and I don't even, and I remember when I read it, I, was, I didn't know what that was. I thought that was just the thing that he thought of or whatever. But I was just like, and when I saw this movie, I'm like, oh, wait, like, that's what he pulled this from? <laughs> such a weird movie, such a weird movie to pull that from. Yeah, but I guess it's like small enough to where he can get that name on most things. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah good for him. Um, and then the year after that, he makes a pretty big movie. He gets to adapt the Lord of the Rings in 1978. Um, I know, and can can you believe they didn't make another Lord of the Rings movie after this? Yeah, right. Like, this that, is the only- <laughs> they they had to get um God Rankin Bass to make the sequel to this. Jesus, it's it, it, I I love a lot of the visuals in it, but it's it's not the most exciting movie. It's pretty it's kind of dull in a lot of moments. Yeah, like, okay, once again, I appreciate it. I think it's interesting. And I get at the time and and forever, because it's the last Lord of the Rings movie, like you said, um, this can only be done in animation, right? But I think to do a, such a huge story like this justice, it didn't need to be so slapdash. In the end, it feels a little rushed. You know, there's no shadows. There's like some things that just don't feel like it's cohesive. And I think that kind of does a disservice to Lord of the Rings in a way. But there are some, there are a lot of stuff to appreciate though. I mm-hmm. do, I do want to say that. I mean, you got John Hurt playing Strider. Perfect. Which is, which is amazing. Uh-huh. And you also have, even like the, from the Peter Jackson movie, he directly paid homage to this movie mm-hmm. with when the Dark Riders are uh, trying looking for Frodo, the hobbits, and they're underneath the little uh, hole in the, in the bridge or the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and um, I, and I love rotoscoping. I absolutely love rotoscoping. I love the way it looks, and this movie does it a lot. It does a lot of it, and I think the design that they put on the um, oh god, the the dark ones. Um, is that what I forget what they call them? Um, it's called the Dark Riders. Yeah, the Dark but, Riders. Sorry, yeah, the Dark yeah. Riders. They their design is awesome, and I mean, definitely uh, memorable. Um, yeah, but I mean, a lot of the designs of like, like Sam, like you know, he kind of looks like I. You know, I really like the. I really like. I guess you know because I'm so spoiled seeing Sean Astin, but <laughs> but I do. I I didn't wasn't a fan of that design of it, but like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gollum in that movie, I remember I liked a lot. Yeah, um, he's cool. And uh, there was like in a lot of the scenes too, like where Frodo gets stabbed. That was a really good scene too, mm-hmm, for sure. Um, it definitely has its memorable moments, and I think it has its beautiful moments. It has some really nice looking scenes. Um, but from what I remember when I watched it last, it does combine part of the two towers, right? It's like a very condensed version of Fellowship and includes part of the sequel. Uh, so it's, it, it does feel rushed, I do think. It, the movie ends at right at the end of Two Towers, like at the okay, Battle yeah. of Hel- Right, so it's, it, it's a two and a half hour long movie that they fit and they squeeze in Fellowship and Two Towers, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, when you think of like how much 
story there is in all the other movies, that's crazy to think. But yeah. uh, but at the movie ends at Helm's Deep, and mm-hmm. they were they weren't sure if they're going to get another sequel made. So it was just kind of like this scene where it's like, oh well, Gandalf showed up and uh, helped them win Helm's Deep, and that just <laughs> all the darkness ended. Yeah. There you go. And, and look at that, and it actually kind of worked in their favor because that was that was it for them. That was going to be the yeah. last Lord of the Rings that they made. But cool. Yeah. And that's it on that one. And then I think that's his last one of the 70s. We, we move into the 80s where um, he only made a few more movies before he took a long, long break. Um, yep. First one was 1981's American Pop. And I actually watched that for the first time this year. And I know you watched it for the first time. And I, I really like this movie. I think this is my favorite Bakshi movie. It is, It has its problems, much like a lot of his movies. But this one is very... Um, how do I say it? This is definitely more realistic than anything else he had ever done. And it feels like an epic. Like, it feels like if it was live action, it would be like a big three and a half hour long movie about like just the life of a musician's family. And that's what Mm -hmm. it is. It's just multiple stories of musicians, sons, and then sons, and then sons. Um, It's huge. Like, I think this movie, like the amount Mm -hmm. of creativity that went into it and the build up to it, it's really cool. Now, how did you feel about it? Well, I gotta say, yeah, I I really really loved this Hell movie. Yeah. Like, I'm glad. it was so. I was, I, I don't know. It just it hit me right at the right time. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Like, it was just so satisfying at the very end of the movie because, yeah. like, you see these families. They're just like all this misfortune just takes like hits them and like. Mm-hmm. each one each family member is kind of working their way into show business but none of them could quite get there mm-hmm. and then at the very end you know you can kind of see you get you get to see like the it actually does pay off and one of them does become like a superstar at the end yeah. and and i've rewatched that final scene i'm not probably at least 10 times really now oh man it, i really love <laughs> no it feels great it does um because uh, there's so it's so many little nuances because like the guy was you could tell like the guy was super confident when he walks in there but at the same time he's still a little desperate because he's like i want you to play my songs otherwise i'm walking and mm-hmm. at the end you know they're like we'll do one he's like one okay like he's just <laughs> he's uh-huh. he, he wants he wants it that bad it, and he plays uh bob seger's night moves yep that's the other thing this amazing soundtrack and, yeah incredible that's... soundtrack and I, I love that ends with night moves i don't think that was his original pick but i think it ends up working really well i'm, I'm a, i really love bob seger so it, it hits right at home so his original ending pick he wanted Freebird. Freebird, yeah and but and they did put Freebird in the end credits yes, of the movie yeah. But um, the one thing I probably didn't like uh, is the scene with Tony, the third generation. Mm-hmm. Kind of brings the movie to a halt a little bit. I can agree with that. It, it maybe lasts a little too long, I think. And that's what I was going to say. It's like yeah. it, the, the Ralph Bakshi, I mean, he kind of does, like I said, plot is very thin. It's like... Mm-hmm very episodic so it's just kind of like okay this part of the story ends and we're going to move on to the next part and it's kind of it's sort of kind of connected so which mm-hmm. i think actually benefits it really well in this I agree. movie yeah. so 
And I was seeing a lot of people complaining about the episodic nature, but I didn't mind it. I, I thought it worked well for what it was going for. It In the end, whenever it all comes together like it does, to come from like the beginning where it's like about the Cossacks and like way in the past and then to come all the way to the 80s, it just like, it works. It's, it feels huge, the scope. It does. It, I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, I could easily see this movie being like a Hollywood epic movie that they made like in the early 80s or 70s mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, it just, it, it's so universal. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, this is the one I really would recommend people watch. Like, I, I just think it's a great movie. I don't hear enough people talking about it. It, it doesn't get the recognition it deserves, I don't think. I, I agree. It's easily his best one for me. Mm-hmm. Hard agree. But cool. I guess uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, it, it's 1982's Hey, Good Looking. Um, uh, I don't like Hey, Good Looking. I'll be honest. I'll say it I right have, now. I, I don't have very much to say about it. Yeah. And it's it's definitely, in terms of one of his chaotic movies, this is definitely low. I mean, like, it's just the characters. I didn't like any of the characters. Mm-hmm. They're all jerks and they're all pretty terrible people and they don't have much redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's just a, not a fun movie to watch. No, it it's weird because this is, this is where I think Ralph Bakshi, he, he has, a, he definitely has always had a nostalgia for like the sixties in the past, but here it's just so overdone. And it's almost like he's trying to recapture something from like heavy traffic, but that's what it, go ahead. No, I was going to say the same thing. I, I mm-hmm. feels like he's just trying to recreate heavy traffic. It's just like, well, heavy traffic work. Let me try this one again, which mm-hmm. in the history of this, he actually made this like, almost immediately after heavy traffic it just, he did, it, it yeah. just sat it, it sat on the shelf for that long yeah it just was it was in hell right because it was a live action movie originally and partly mm-hmm. animated and that's why the audio feels so off in this one it's it just doesn't work and maybe it's, yeah. it's that shell status doesn't help it at all either well it is definitely not not one i would recommend watching and this one is Definitely one you can skip. Yeah, and I, I guess this is where I would consider, I'm looking at the rest of his filmography, and I, I think this is where it, it definitely slumps down. Uh, he put all that energy into American pop, and yeah, that he, was it. That, if he ended American pop, what what a genius, animation genius. Yeah. I mean, he is, but you know what I mean? That would be like the magnum opus of I know. Um, but next up is Fire and Ice, which I, I watched for the first time yesterday as well. I think I texted you and I was like, cause you told me like, you're not missing much. And I was like, I'm still going to watch it. I, I was so bored, man. This, <laughs> it was so boring. Not in, not just in terms of Ralph Bakshi, but this is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. And this is yeah. an action movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an animated fantasy film with like magic. And it also is full of like side boobs and ass and everything. It's <sighs> sleazy, but it just is boring. It's just so I, boring. The the butt shots in there were so gratuitous. <laughs> it's like and and not just with I mean you're thinking just females, but just with men too. It'd be like no, a close yeah. up on, on on the guy in a loincloth, like it's wearing a thong practically. Yeah. And it, it's and there's a scene where they're sitting there in loincloths complaining about it being cold, which makes sense because you're not wearing anything and it, it's <sighs> It's so weird. I like the animation too. I think it's cool because it's him teaming up with uh, Frank Frazetta, you know, from um, Conan the Barbarian. 
Uh, and it's it, it looks nice, but it just never does anything interesting. No, and yeah. it the the, the animation. Uh, so the positives, animation mm -hmm. super fluid, super smooth, but mm -hmm. that's because it's practically just a live action movie with animation drawn on top of it. Yeah. And and then the second thing, which I don't know if you read, but the all the backgrounds in this movie were all painted, uh, or some of them were painted by Thomas Kincaid, who's really? actually really holy crap. Yeah. So wow. a lot of a lot of the backgrounds in there really look great, mm -hmm. but. That's about the only yeah. positives I could really think of. I, can't, I, I didn't even give the plot away of this movie because there really isn't one. There's like an ice king who wants to kill people from what I got, just destroy the earth, take over kind of deal. And he keeps kidnapping he a girl. Yeah. To like, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, he keeps kidnapping a girl and some guy who we just know his name, we don't know what his background is or who he's about or anything. I, the, but almost everybody in this movie has zero personality too. Mm -hmm. That's the worst thing. Yeah. It's not worth a watch in my opinion. No. <laughs> Unless you're like us who now I feel like we're just Ralph Bakshi completionists. That's, that's about it. If, it, if for the sake of this podcast, I probably would have shut it off. Yep. Yep. Same, same here. I would have probably been like, you know what? I can watch something a little better. And but, then, um, yeah, next up, what's next? <laughs> I guess next one would be, uh, so he took a break for a while, and mm -hmm. we get the very infamous 1992's Cool World. Yeah, um, another one that I watched for the first time, not yesterday, but a few days ago. Um, cause, so, cause, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say my experience with this one was I – when I used to work at Blockbuster, mm -hmm. I rented it because I remember seeing this movie a bunch of times as a trailer on one of my VHSs I would get. And I would just, you know, you, you see it as a kid because I remember it was like on the Addams Family, like <laughs> the VHS or something. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it's like, oh, this looks like the Roger Rabbit. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's just like a, people interacting with cartoons. And it is definitely not Roger Rabbit. It's no. just like, what if Roger Rabbit was all about everybody wanting to fuck Jessica yeah. Rabbit? That's yeah. pretty much the plot. Um, it, 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 I, I heard of it just because of how infamous it was. I always heard it's just like one of the worst, a horrible movie. Um, it, and I wanted to like it going in. I actually kind of liked it at first because it, it is, once again, bizarre. Because Brad Pitt is like gets sucked into the cartoon world and he becomes a cop to stop cartoons and noids as they call them or just real people from from fucking that's his job and yeah. the whole time he wants to fuck a cartoon <laughs> and then yeah. the draw the person that draws the cartoon gabriel burns gets sucked in and he wants to bang hollywood which is the jessica rabbit of the movie it's bizarre and i think that's I interesting and he and and he ends up doing it right and yeah he his, does do it and they and then she causes a lot of havoc and then she actually goes to the real world and starts causing causing havoc there and I think that's when the movie gets really awful. Uh, Kim ba Basinger shows up and she becomes the live action version for the last part of the movie and she's really awful. She's just bad and you can tell she doesn't really want to be there because I know she really hates this movie. Um, <laughs> 
and it, it becomes boring out of nowhere. I don't know how this movie became boring, but it's just the, the climax takes place in one part, one little like casino scene. And then it, the last 10 minutes, it becomes really weird again, where Gabriel Burns becomes like a superhero. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's, once it, it just doesn't work. It's, it isn't a good movie. (laughs) It is what they say. It's pretty bad, but I mean, trying to think of positives, you know, it's, it does have decent animation interacting with live action people. I think that works. I, that works. Uh, I like the, the soundtrack a lot. I think the soundtrack's really good. I couldn't tell you what it was. It's been yeah. it's been a hot minute, but mm-hmm. I do. Uh, yeah, I I don't remember a whole lot about it, and I don't remember. But even back then, I remember not like it being like, oh wow, this is not very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, maybe not as awful as people say, but it's it's bad. Yeah, it's not the worst thing ever, but. If you don't see it ever, you're not really missing a whole lot either. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess, um, uh, I guess next, uh, I'll ask you: Did you watch Last Days at Coney Island? I tried to watch Last okay. Days at Coney, yeah. and um, and the reason for that is, it's just, it's so, it's just a loud, obnoxious type of cartoon. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he tries to, he tries to dip back into like the waters of what he used to do, like back mm-hmm. in the '70s, but. I, I well, you go ahead. You tell me what you thought about it. Well, it, I, I just want to say, like, 1992, and the next thing he makes is in 2015. Huge gap of time, um, and he kickstarted this movie. This is a Kickstarter short, um, but it's still unfinished, and it feels very unfinished. I, I think yes. there's good ideas there. I like the backgrounds, the collage backgrounds, where it's like magazine cutouts. I think that's really interesting. But the animation is so clunky. It is so clunky to watch. And it has all of the extra marks from, you know, from whenever you draw something and it's the parts you erase, that's still there. It, I just couldn't get into it because it's so unfinished. Now, I remember when this movie's Kickstarter was going on because that's when I was, like, again, becoming interested in him. But mm-hmm. do you remember at one point, like, Matthew Modine was, like, attached <laughs> yeah, to I remember this? that. Yeah, it's just so yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> I, I was looking at that Kickstarter page because it's still up, and I was just scrolling through the news feed, and I just saw a giant picture of Matthew Modine. And it was like, yeah. look who we got for the lead. And they lost him. They did not keep Matthew Modine. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, this this is like almost uh, just a weird like it, it's an it, old man kind of he gets creative control and I, I guess I'm happy for that. This movie feels like completely his what he gets to do. No studio meddling or anything. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I I'm glad he tried to make it, but it's it's an unfinished movie, and I mm-hmm. think he's pretty. I think he stated he's pretty much just done with making movies, and I don't even know if this one's ever going to be finished at any point. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I don't think it's going to happen. And we probably won't see anything else from him. Uh, Would I love to see him come back? Sure. But I just probably won't happen. But I would definitely, if you guys are interested at all in any of this stuff, you know, check out one of these movies that we talked about or Mm -hmm. just listen, just go watch an interview with him because he definitely has some very interesting ideas as well. Yeah. Like, Like there was one like he was that he was talking about he's like oh you know they made a big deal of what i made fritz the cat he said but nowadays what i did in fritz the cat they do 10 times worse on the simpsons and it's like no i don't know about that 
I don't think I've ever seen any nobody nobody takes their dick out on The Simpsons. Yeah, there's no, no like bathtub orgy scene in yeah. The Simpsons. So uh, it, he's he's definitely out there, and he he always he's made these wild claims about like the making of like Lord of the Rings too. So mm-hmm. uh, I would definitely go check those out if you're interested in. But um, I definitely a director that I think has earned his place in uh animation history i would say i agree i think he's a really great artist i think if you love animation definitely you need to check out his work um and i think he's just a really cool dude like you said check out his interviews maybe check out one or two of the movies that we really recommended and uh yeah it's been a really great episode i've really enjoyed talking this with you i know i I was looking Uh forward to talking about this it was exciting to just going through and watching all these Mm -hmm. i totally agree um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll end it here. Um, we'll we'll see you guys later on another Media Boys Junior sometime soon. I'm sure. So yeah, see you around. See ya.